Welcome to this episode of In Our Tracks, a podcast from the National Reining Horse Association. In this episode, we're going to talk to Carrie Klingenberg. She's an NRHA professional working out of Pinnacle Ranch in Scottsdale, Arizona. Welcome to In Our Tracks, a project from the National Reining Horse Association. We're here to honor the history of reining, discuss current events and trends, and look ahead at the opportunities this sport has in its future. We'll honor the legacy makers, movers, and shakers from the reining industry, as well as grassroots competitors and weekend warriors to offer insights from the full spectrum of the reining community. All right, Carrie, we're really happy to have you here today. Um, we're going to start with what we call our large fast, which is just like five quick questions that we ask everybody to get to know you and break the ice a little bit. Um, so tell us what is your favorite food to have in the truck when you guys are hauling? Probably fruit and popcorn. Oh yeah. Healthy choices. I try. Good for you. <laughs> uh, what do you guys listen to? Like when you were on your way up here to Denver for the summer slide, what did you guys listen to? A lot of stuff. I like ACDC. I like Kid Rock. I, I mean, I like stuff that gets you like pumped up before yeah. a horse show. <laughs> Good deal. What is your most memorable accomplishment horseback this far? Um, probably in 2016, going over to Switzerland with Mr. Electric Spark for the U.S. team. It was the reigning world championships. That was something I will always remember. Oh, man, that sounds amazing. What is your favorite trait in a horse that you have in training? Heart. Lots yeah. of heart. Yeah, you and I have talked about that, too, yeah. with your mares. And yeah. That they just have a lot of yeah, heart. Yeah, some of them just have so much heart. And you can just, when they're on your team, they're on your team. And there's there's nothing like that. Perfect. And finally, um, what is the most common advice that you give to a non-pro before they go show? Just go out there, have fun, do your job and be tough. Don't weaken. Right on. Yeah, I know mental toughness is a big part of your program. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> so, Carrie, tell us a little bit about your background with horses and how you got where you are today. So I started riding when I was four years old, taking lessons. Um, I started with a Morgan horse trainer, Catherine Cloud. I rode with her until I think I was 10 years old. I did hunt seat and Western. I did all kinds of equitation classes. Then I got a little Arabian and I started showing in the Arabian horse circuit. And I stayed with the Arabians until I think I was about 23 years old. And I showed professionally. I showed hunt seat. Futurity horses, Huntsy open horses, Western pleasure. And so then I got my feet wet with the reining horses. We had a customer bring in a little quarter horse that ended up having quite a bit of talent for what I was expecting. It wasn't from what I'm used to now. It probably wouldn't have been a horse that would have like changed my mind about anything. But at that time in my life, it was like very eye opening. And I just got addicted to to the reining horses, to everything they, they did, how physical they were, their mindset, just they always wanted to work, they always wanted to do their job. So I stopped working with the Arabs, I got a job with a cow horse trainer, and I did that for two years. And then I basically started my own deal, um, my own business, and it was way too early. <laughs> I should have, like, I don't know what I was thinking. It was 2008, I think I was... 24 years old mm -hmm. and I just did it and it was definitely a difficult path but I'm very grateful for it now I mean I've worked hard and I've dedicated my life to it so 
but I mean, in hindsight, it probably would have been good to go work for other people and, and learn programs and right. But we all have a different way to get there. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's great. So you were in Washington, and then when did you move to Arizona? So I moved to Arizona in November of 2015. Okay. I moved, I think I had about 16 head of horses that came down with me, and I started at a little place, and then I moved to Pinnacle Ranch when it first opened, and so that was in 2016 as well. Great. So. Do, you, do you really like that area? I mean, obviously, it's Raining Horse Central in that part of the country. I love Scottsdale. I love, I mean, you're close to everything. I mean, you're closer to the big events, you know, in Washington, it would be a two, two and a half day jaunt to get anywhere. So I mean, it's still a drive from Arizona to get to some of the other, some major events, but I do like that it's centrally located and there's just, there's a lot of really good horses, really good trainers. And, and it's really great to be around so many other gifted horsemen, horse trainers, showmen, just, it just, it's inspiring and it just keeps pushing you to be better. Right. Cause it sounds like there's a lot of collaboration that goes on down there too, where you'll go ride at somebody else's place and, and, you know, kind of get feedback or, or somebody like Bob Avila is coming over and giving yeah. feedback and that kind of thing. So it seems like a really good way to nurture yeah. your own learning. There is. Yeah. You can definitely ask a lot of different people for help and Bob Avila's come and helped us, Troy Hikes, They've been really great to come, come and watch us ride, give us some tips. And, you know, then we can, we go and haul out to other people's places and other friends we have in Texas or Peter DeFridis is in North Carolina. I mean, we'll send videos or of us riding and just get tips and that's great. And we just go back and forth and, you know, we'll always try to like watch, watch him show. He'll watch us show and we'll give each other like pointers and it's, it's nice to have that. Yeah. So that collaborative spirit is really cool. And I think sometimes it's, it's unique to the reigning too, that you guys like come together and get feedback. And even at the major events, that yeah. kind of thing where yeah. everybody's kind of helping each other out. There's still that competitive spirit. Yeah. I mean, sure. we're all competitors, but I mean, we all work hard. And I mean, if somebody sees something that they can help you a little bit, I mean, it's, it's nice if, if, if they can help or I can help somebody. I mean, I enjoy that. Right. So um, tell me about a Rainer that you've shown or had some connections to that played a major role in the writer that you are today. You know, there's been a lot of horses that I've ridden that have meant a lot to me, got me to a point, like helped me push past some step I needed to get past. Right. Um, a lot of horses in Washington, you know, I had some really great customers and and had good horses that just helped me and supported me and I mean, there's too many horses to mention probably, but I mean, I would say Mr. Electric Spark is something, he's something very special to me for a, a lot of reasons, you know, and, and he's a horse. I just, from the first time I saw him, I believed in him for reasons I don't even, you know, know everything yet. I mean, he's a young stallion and, um, but he definitely gave me confidence showing and just confidence in riding you know well yeah and, and diversifying your business too yeah because yeah. that the, there's more than just the training that open horses for you i mean you manage his career as well now yeah yeah so when i got him i mean he was obviously a finished made he'd he'd won accomplished quite a bit of things and and i kind of just got to get him at the the end of like his competitive career but i mean just just in that he helped me a ton and then Pam Nelson, who owns Foothills Farms, owns Mr. Electric Spark. She, we just decided we were going to do it and try the breeding thing. And, you know, it's not something, it was something very new for both of us. I mean, she's bred horses her whole life, but 
not quarter horses. She did thoroughbreds racing, race horses. She did hunter jumper. So, I mean, this was something new, but we just decided to do it. We just jumped in and, and there's just something about him that's so special. And I mean, so far, so far, so good. The babies, I mean, they're young. The first, the first are, we have two, three-year-olds this year yeah. and they're really nice. We're really excited about them, but all the young stock looks great and we're really hopeful about it. Yeah, for sure. And then there's one other horse that's very special to me. And anybody that knows me knows that like she's super, super special. And that's Spook with Jewels. And I actually, I'm showing her three-year-old sister here at the summer slide. And we'll see how, see how that goes. But she's a lot like her sister. But I mean, the thing like with Spook with Jewels, she just has so much heart. And she's probably been, she's probably been the most pivotal thing in my career just really allowing me to learn how to show and be aggressive and being there. And when things have gone wrong in the show pen, it's been my fault, you know, just pushing her too hard, but she's just never said no. And I mean, that's how you learn how to show. That's how you learn how to show hard is you push it and you see where your line kind of is. And I've crossed that line a few times with her in places where, you know, I wished I wouldn't, but, but that happens. That's how, that's how you learn to, to be good at that. Yeah. So with those two horses that, you know, we've talked about that, that kind of made you who you are. What about horsemen and horsewomen who you look up to? Who do you admire? There's a lot of people. That's, that's a hard one. There's so many people. I mean, I think I watch a lot of people. I mean, I just, I'm always observing things and how people do things, how they run their business, how they ride everything. Cause this is just such a big deal. It's not just riding and training you know, they're showing, but there's also how you handle your business. There's, there's a lot to be really, there's a lot to be very successful to be successful at this. Yeah. You have to really cover all your bases. And so, I mean, I definitely watch the people that, you know, are doing really well and, and how, how they run things or ask them how they run things just because, I mean, I want to be as good. I want to do as good as I can, be as good as I can run my business as efficiently as I can. And I mean, that's difficult, especially with as many things as we have going on. I mean, we're, you know, managing the stud. We have, I think this last year, we had 18 babies that Daniel and I fold out. Wow. I mean, it's, it's a lot. (laughs) It's a lot. But so, I mean, I'm always trying to figure out ways to make it work as, as good as I can. But the people I started working for that I rode with as a youth, was Jeff and Mel Lee. And I would say that I am extremely lucky that I got to start with people like them because they were great horsemen, but also extremely great at running a business and yeah. very good with people. And, and there's still people that are very, I'm very close to, I care about deeply. And, you know, like I've stayed in touch with them throughout my whole career and I still ask them questions about how I should handle something. And they're, they're great people. And, you know, the, the Arab thing, Western pleasure, it's a lot different than, than this, but it's also, it's the same foundation, you know, getting a horse soft, Mm -hmm. getting, you know, really learning how to use their body. And Jeff Lee taught me a ton about that. And I mean, I'm very, very grateful for that. Um, another person that's always, that's definitely a a big time idol. I've always looked up to is Shauna Spurgia Mm -hmm. and she's kind of, she was kind of the first person that sparked my interest into doing this I went and watched I forget what the I remember the show was in Cloverdale Canada maybe that maybe the arena was called Cloverdale I'm not sure but there was a derby or a futurity or something and it was the first real reigning show I'd gone to watch and she was there and she just 
like whooped everybody. Yeah. <laughs> she was, she was so good. And I mean, just such a great showman. And, you know, I've gone since then. I've, we've become friends and I went to Canada once, tried some horses and rode with her and stayed there for a while. And I mean, she's, she's a great, great horseman. That's good stuff. Those are really good ones. And, and I think you pull like your business ethics from those people too. And, and your, you know, how you're caring for your horses and that kind of thing. Yeah. There's so much involved in the people who influence you. And um, to have that kind of positivity is essential for, for you guys. I think so. Yeah. Um, so tell me a little bit about, we've talked about how other people have influenced you now. What kind of, what do you bring to the table for your non-pros and your youth kids? Cause you have a lot of those too. Mm -hmm. Um, and, and that kind of thing, like what, what are your strengths that you see? I have a good balance of kind of knowing, reading people and knowing like what they can handle as, as a student, you know, who can be pushed harder, who can, who you need to be a little bit softer with. And, you know, like, and, and, and also like the capability at the time, mm -hmm. you know, some, some kids or some non-pros come in and they're just extremely gifted naturally. And so you kind of expect that they know more than they do. And so, it's easy to try to like push that, but you also have to make sure that that foundation is there. They understand how to do this. And I would say one thing with like the reining where it's different for the way I grew up is I grew up doing all the horsemanship, all the equitation, all that stuff, the fundamental stuff of like learning how to ride. And mm -hmm. I mean, I had people, I, I did, I did some jumping when I was in high school and some dressage. I mean, there, you learn a lot about riding and your form, your position and, you know, a lot of no stirrups, two point, like yeah. everything. And, and so that is something like my girls that I coach and I'm sure that they just love it. <laughs> I still, will, you know, torture them that way, but, but it's important. Like the balance on a horse is important. And the thing with reining is we can get these horses that are just super, super athletes and can do the job. But the thing is, is if you can't communicate with them correctly, because you can't have the correct balance, it makes it very difficult. Yeah. So, I mean, I definitely try to work on people's riding it's not just about the maneuvers all the time it's it's really understanding how to ride where when you put your hand here your leg here why this is happening and i really i really try to teach them to be great riders and you know not just not just great reigning riders yeah so well that helps so much too with them progressing in the sport and when they get that next horse maybe it's not so, as big a struggle to yeah. figure it out because they know how to ride yeah not just sitting up there looking pretty yeah they're, yeah they're I mean, riding aggressive. yeah they're really they they really have like figured out how to ride so and i definitely think and i try to definitely teach mental toughness because i mean this is a tough sport but by the a lot of it is just your mindset you know if you go in there thinking it's not gonna work just like any kind of sport any kind of riding really anything in life if you go in there with an attitude like this is over my head i can't do this mm -hmm it's going to be difficult, yeah. you know? And so I just always, I mean, we always have moments, doesn't matter what you're doing, where you doubt your ability, you doubt that you can do it. You doubt, you know, you belong somewhere and, you know, you, I'll see that now. And it's the same feelings I had when I went from the smaller shows in Washington and, and then coming and trying to, you know, go to the Derby and the NRBC where you're like, Oh, this, yeah. why am I here? <laughs> like, this is a lot. And I mean, I see that in a lot of the kids and a lot of my non-pros, we go to a big event and they, you know, are a little starstruck and it's a, it's a big deal for them. But so it's just, you know, I just try to tell everybody, just put blinders on, do your job. You yeah. know how to ride. You, the, the hay's in the barn. You've done the work <laughs> at home. So perfect. Let's talk a little bit about you making the level four finals in the open derby this year. I know that was a big goal of yours. Mm -hmm. 
How did it feel to accomplish that? It was very, it was a, it was a great thing. And in that, for one thing, I wanted it badly for the mayor. Spook was Jules, who I showed. And just because, you know, she's, so I was in the level four NRBC 2019. And then she was, so that was as a six-year-old. And then when she was a four-year-old, Luke Gagnon showed her and was in level four finals there. And I just really had a goal with her to get her in there. And I mean, because she just deserves it. You know, she's she's a great mayor. And I, I've i made a lot of mistakes showing her, but I've also made, there's been a lot of like great things we've done together. And Absolutely. those go hand in hand. But I just, I'm, I'm so glad that she, as a seven-year-old mayor that's been shown how she's, as much as she's been shown, and I mean, I've shown her hard, that she can go out there and compete with, with all those horses. I mean, yeah. it's it's a very big deal to me. And yeah, it was a great, it was a great feeling. And I had a pretty big bobble in my, in my right turn that cost us pretty good. But, you know, I got pretty amped up when I was in there. So yeah, it can happen. So with making the, the level four finals at the Derby, there were four women in that group. And this is usually, you know, a male-dominated sport, especially in the open levels. Um, so, what does that say about how things are maybe changing, or what um, what it says about how the women are defining, you know, stronger ground maybe within the industry? You know, I think it is. I mean, no matter if you're a man or a woman, it's a it's a hard lifestyle, hard industry. I mean, you you work really hard, it's long hours. It's not always rewarding you know in a lot of ways but I think that there's always been really great female open riders trainers and I think sometimes it's it's hard to get the chances or you know you choose other things in life but I think I think there's always been incredibly strong women that have done this and that was a great group you know that with guys and girls that were in that finals um I was I was very grateful to be in there and to be up against, you know, all those people. Oh, They're all yeah. great horsemen, great showmen. Abby Langle was in there, Jordan McBurney, Marie Kleiner. Marie, Marie Kleiner is a good friend of mine. That was her first level four finals. I know that was like a super big deal for her. And she's she's a great, great horseman, great showman. Um, but for me, like the whole thing with like the guys and the girls, like I said, I think there's always been very strong women professionals. But I think that it really is something when I started this, I knew that, you know, yeah, there's not as many women that do it and, and do it at the level that I wanted to be at, like mm -hmm. to be a level four rider. I mean, that's where I want to be. And I mean, cause it is difficult. It's challenging. And, you know, sometimes you wonder why you're working that hard. And I mean, but then you go out there and you get a show and then you, you know why, but for me, it's more the guy girl thing I think anybody that wants to be great at this faces some type of adversity and it's what you do with it. You know, I'm a girl. It's, we all face something like I, I just, I just don't recognize that or pay attention to it. I just do my job. I try harder and that's what I do. Put it in the work and yeah. see where it gets you. Yeah, absolutely. So what's, what's the next goal then if, if you've reached that, what's next? Well, hopefully we'll have the NRBC. So I'll show her there and, um, you know, she's, I can feel it. She's getting to a spot where she's going to be done showing, you know, yeah. like, and she's seven. She's, she's paid her due. She doesn't owe anybody anything, but go there, maybe go to Vegas. I don't know, but she'll be, she'll, we'll, we will retire her this year and 
then she'll have babies and be pampered and yeah. do all that. Well, that seven-year-old addition to the Derby, it brought back so many great horses to mm-hmm. that finals that it almost felt like the year before, you know, like everybody in the 2019 Derby finals, everybody was like, this is the best set that we've ever seen for a really yeah. long time. And then to have that back again, plus the other horses that were coming up, it was a really tough, tough group. It and- was a tough group. And I do think for our industry, it's it's a really great thing that we've had the seven-year-olds. Um, they're so, you know, like, yes, there's things like with schooling them that you, you school them differently because they know their job. They've been in there, you know, like, like my mare in the go round was perfect. I mean, she was, she was great. And then in the finals, there was a couple spots, you know, where she, she knows her job. So she's like, Oh, I'm going to take care of this for you. You know, where you just have to, but you, but if you know that with those older horses, you just school them a little different and, and you have to change the way that you're riding them. You just improvise a little, but I think it's a great thing for our industry just for the value of our horses. I mean, I think that seven is still a very young and healthy age. Yeah. And I think I think it's great for what we're doing, what we're trying to say to, you know, the other equestrian world. Yeah, I agree. And I think, too, if you have the ones that are slower starters, maybe. Yeah. And then they still yeah, if you have top a, out at six. Exactly. And if you have a three-year-old that, that doesn't feel like it's going to be a three-year-old, that you're like, okay, I'm going to you don't feel so bad about keeping it back and then showing it as a four-year-old. And there's a lot of great four-year-old fraternity derbies now, which is great. But now you have that extra year where, you know, it, it it helps you. Like it helps you make that decision because there is the pressure, you know, there's as, as an open rider, there's pressure from, you know, the owners because everybody put, everyone puts a lot into this, Mm -hmm. you know, all, all the way around. And, you know, you want to give results to your customers for your horse, for yourself. So, I mean, I think it's good. You have another year, and you get to have more fun with it. So, yeah. Okay. If you weren't a horse trainer, what career path would you see yourself in? I went to school to be a teacher. I wanted to do early childhood education. That goes with the cults though, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I mean, and I do love teaching people, Yeah. but I just, I couldn't do, um, having 20 like little, I just couldn't do it. Yeah. And I actually was going to Central Washington University, and I was working on the weekends at an Arab farm and starting babies, and I had one flip over, and I busted up my knee. So I actually ended up dropping out of college and going back home and having knee surgery and being laid up, and then I started riding for the Jeff and Mel Lee again, and the rest is history. Yeah, I it's guess. just always been yeah. where you were going to go, right? Yes. I, You know, and honestly, it's this is what I've always wanted to do. I'm definitely living my dream. And there's a little bit of that, you know, how does it work? Like when I was young, I'm like, well, I need to do the the normal thing, get a real job, have benefits, you know, be responsible that way. So that's kind of why I did it, you know, like to go to school because I'm like, okay, I can have this job and, you know, it'll be good. But it was never, that was never my passion. And I, I believe that whatever you do, you need to do it with your, your whole heart. Absolutely. And I mean, I would I know I would have been a good teacher and I would have put myself into it, but like, this is definitely everything to me. If your customers had to describe you in one word, how do you think they would? I, I think it might depend on the customer. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, know. because you do tailor what you say to them. Yeah. Depending on yeah. what kind of person they are. Yeah. What kind of um, legacy do you want to leave in this sport? What's like the big goal that's out there and the impact that you want to leave on reigning? That's a hard one. Because, I mean, I have some pretty big goals and pretty big dreams. You know, I want to 
do everything that I can. I want to accomplish everything that I can. I mean, I want to definitely win multiple majors and I'm going to try my hardest till I get there. I think more than anything though, like I remember what it was like to be a young girl doing this, like riding horses, loving it. I mean, I guess just being something, being somebody that makes somebody else feel that they can do it, you know, like that, that to me is important. And we've, I've had quite a few kids, like girls that come and ride with us that have had, they haven't had the position in life, like their parents couldn't help them get to where they could show at this level. And, you know, I've been able to help them get there and, and, and figure it out how to do it, like work their way, like work off their training, work off whatever, come and work the shows and be able to show. And, and I know that, I mean, I think it kind of sounds like the idea of sending the elevator back down. Like you have ridden the elevator to this point and now you're going to send it back down and you're going to find people who want to put in the work that you've put in yeah, and who care about it and share your um, vision of how things should go with these horses and and you bring them up. And that's, I think for, for all women, for men, what I mean, it's, that's essential for, for keeping the industry going. Yeah. And um, that, that elevator thing that has always been something that I think about and how you can bring people up. Yeah. 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 And that's important to me. I mean, because everybody needs just a shot. Everybody needs a chance. And I've had so many people that have given me a chance and I mean, I'm forever grateful for, for every chance I've been given. And I mean, I want to be able to do that. And I am in a place in life where I can help that. And I mean, if it's someone's passion and you, you can just see how badly somebody wants it, like, I'll do whatever I can to help somebody. So finally, I want to talk to you about this idea of respect the horse, respect the sport. And it's, you know, an, it's an initiative within NRHA that, that they're really putting out there and, and highlighting the great care that these horses get and um, how, you know, the, the sport is really something to take a look at as a serious model for how, you know, horses should be judged or, you know, with the, the judging system, the scoring and all that. What does that idea of respect the horse, respect the sport mean to you? And um, what do you do in your daily routines that you kind of feel like um, emulates that? So respect the horse, respect the sport, what what that kind of means to me and how I contribute to that daily at home, horse shows, is we ask a lot of them every day. And for me, it's like, okay, if I'm going to take take that from them, what they're giving me, I'm going to take care of them 10 times harder. I'm going to do everything I can to make you know, sure, they're taking care of their, you know, they go to the spa, they, they're they like taking care of the best that I'm able to, to take care of them. And because we do ask a lot of them. I mean, it's a, it's an intense sport and there's the care you had to make sure your horse is cared for. But then there's also the part like riding, like you have to know their limit, your limit, when to stop. And, you know, sometimes you just, you need to walk it off if there's something that you're doing that's you're frustrated, you're trying to get to the next level with that horse or that even giving a lesson, you know, you also need to teach that. Like I'm, I'm very big on the part with my youth kids, with my non-pros. Like if we're, if it's intense, we're having like a harder ride, then we have to make sure we take care of that horse just as much, like just more, you know, you have to, they have to walk them out more. They need to make sure they're iced and, and, we have a rule at our barn, anybody 20 and under takes care of their horse when they come, you know, yeah. everybody else, we have the horses saddled and ready 
But the kids, it is important to me that they learn how to ride, that they don't just get their horse handed to them and then get their horse taken away and, you know, it gets taken care of. Like they need to understand like what their horse is giving them and what they need to do to take care of it. That's how you're making horsemen too. Yeah. I mean, they have to understand like, and just because sometimes we have, we can't get something right. If we can't get the rundown and stop one day, but there's one time that maybe it's better, but it's all we're going to get for them to understand that that's all we're going to get for that day. And, Mm -hmm. you know, maybe their timing was off. Maybe they weren't mentally there, but they need to be done with it because there's only so much that horse can give. Right. And, and they need to teaching them to see those signs and like to feel that in their animal is very important to me. All right. Well, thanks Carrie for joining us. And um, we're really happy that you could share your insights on the industry and, and your career as an NRHA professional and um, good luck at the summer slide here. And we'll, we'll talk to you soon. Thank you. Thanks for listening to In Our Tracks, a project from the National Reining Horse Association. For more about reining and NRHA, visit nrha.com. And be sure to follow us on Facebook at NRHA National Reining Horse Association and on Instagram at NRHA Reining.